0: Let's turn our attention tonight to the book of James. We're going to go from James 1, and then we're going to go over backwards to Hebrews 9. And uh, while you're turning there, this is actually the week where we're starting the new series. And uh, some, they were so kind, they caught me coming in the door last Wednesday and said, we're ready for that new series. For the muse, I told him, I said, I messed up. It's next week. I'm just building your anticipation, and uh, then I, I said I wanted some gifts. And uh, Sister Anderson, Sister Roberts, I don't want to leave anyone out. I know some of them came in. I said I wanted some gifts. Wow, these are some gifts. Should I tell them what you don't tell them what you said about? I'm going to tell them. He said, "Did you ask for that?" He said, "That's a little needy." And I turned to him. I said, "Well, I'm going to tell everyone you said that." So, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm thankful for this season. I'm thankful for. I'm so thankful for truth. <laughs> I'm so thankful for truth. James one verse seventeen. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Everyone say from above. Now go left in your Bible to the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and we're going to read there in the ninth chapter chapter of the book of Hebrews, verses 3 through 5. Speaking here about the tabernacle, and in verse 3, it says these words, And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant. Everyone say the Ark. The Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant, and over it the cherubim's of glory, shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. And uh, I'm going to use this as our launch into this series tonight, what we're going to call Big Box Gifts here in December. And tonight, I want to talk about the big box gift that I don't think we probably spend enough time on. I want to talk about the grace of God. The great, this season points to the grace of God. Lord, we love you. We thank you in this house. I pray you would help me. I've tried to prepare. I've tried to pray. I'm asking now in this moment that you'd help me to deliver the word, that you would help every ear and every heart, every mind to receive from your word. Let our time together be both enjoyable but beneficial beyond just this evening. We ask it in Jesus' name and let everyone say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We have a goal this month, and I want to start that tonight to tell you our goal is that we may remember, we may know and remember that there are no gifts that compare to what God has given, and grace and truth work together. It's not just grace. It's not just truth. They work together. Okay? They work together. Now, I know that most of our kids are downstairs tonight. They're in other places. So I want to ask some of you to jump on the sled in your memory bank and travel back just a little ways, a little farther for some of us than for others. But can you remember what it was like to be in great anticipation of Christmas morning? Maybe at your place you opened gifts On Christmas Eve, maybe at your place it was Christmas morning. We're just gonna say Christmas morning. And and I do apologize if you're here tonight and you didn't have that kind of childhood. I hope that you have been able to make that kind of memory for children in your life. But with belief and with memory here tonight, do you remember what it was like waking up your parents? I know some of you have become the parents and now you're even to grandparents, but can you pretty quickly like me travel back to what it was to be the one waking them up? Let's go. My kids always start on Christmas Eve and usually a couple days before, but definitely by Christmas Eve, they're doing this. Couldn't we just open... You ever had a kid shrink when they're talking like it will make it? Just one, just just one, just one gift. Want to be waking us up on Christmas morning. We have a pretty special tradition at our house on on Christmas morning, very specific the way that we do it. Dad makes uh, omelets for everybody. We drag it out as long as possible. We just... Try to make them anticipate as long as possible. What we're doing is we're trying to teach them our greatest gift is that we have a peaceful home where we can spend time together, but they're not buying it. They just want the gifts and you do too. Can you remember what it felt like for gifts to start showing up under the tree? Did anyone grow up in a house where there was nothing out until Christmas morning, you woke up and there they were. Who, raise your hand if you're one of those people. I, I didn't, for us, gifts just kind of randomly showed up as they went on sale. They just randomly, <laughs> I now know what that was. They were showing up as they went on sale. After Black Friday, presents showed up. It's just, uh, it's the way things happen. I can't even imagine Amazon in my, anyway, so. But do you remember going down there, and this has probably happened for almost every one of us, especially if you had siblings. Now, I had a couple of siblings, and for us, it was the competition of who had the bigger box. I can remember going down there, and if the the biggest box somehow had my name on it, there's no way I wasn't using that as ammunition against my brother and my sister. Their love for me, their love for you. Oh, that's terrible. It was, but it was great. And it worked its way in reverse and other Christmases or the other presents would come up. In a child's mind, big meant great. Well, this is a good time of year for all of us to become children just a little bit again. And I'm going to tell you that there is something beautiful about this scripture that reminds us every now and then to enter as children. I don't ever want to lose being in awe of the gifts of God. He's given us some big gifts, hasn't he? Probably one of the main reasons we have this custom of giving gifts during this season is because of what we talked about here, Matthew 2 on Sunday, the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But can we show some of these extravagant gifts uh, that if you want to get an extravagant gift, that, you know, if you're looking for a horse head, that's a mere 1733 on Amazon. I just want to give some ideas out here today. These could be some big box gifts. Listen, if you're the person that can have listen, treat yourself. Treat <laughs> Tr- treat yourself. On the throne takes all new Oh, that's distasteful. No, it's 24 karat. It's move on. I think we got more. Oh, now, if anybody's looking to give somebody close to you, and if anybody in this room starts the LeBron conversation right now, this is the wrong. Let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go to the next one. These are some big box gifts. If you want, these are just a few things I found today few things I found. I sent these to the creative team. I said, pick, pick three, four, five of these. Do we have any more? Is that the last one? Is that the last one? Thank God. Let's stop there. 227,000 for a baseball. Yeah, there's, it's still some, I hear it in the room, some rumbling. I hear some people telling it like, don't even think just don't even, you're getting a sweater. I don't want a sweater. You're getting a sweater. That's what you're getting. And I bought it secondhand. One arm's longer than the other. (laughs) That's what you're getting. (laughs) Got it half off, half off. We can like it or not, but a significant portion of this Christmas season revolves around gifts. It really does. Certainly the commercialization of the season, I'd say it is probably worthy of rebuke. in some limit, but we need to know Christmas shopping and gift giving is woven in to this time of year. Two major factors for gift giving. Number one, who's it from? Number two, who's it addressed to? Who's it from? Who's it to? Who is it from? Who is it to? Something that I have felt so challenged and you've picked up probably in my teaching and preaching over the last couple weeks leading to this, is we better make sure we don't lose focus and start letting what the devil is packaging be moved in and opened up by people of Christ during this season. Let's look at, let's look at big gifts here tonight. Let's get to it. Everybody say the gift of grace. The gift of grace. Ladies and gentlemen, it's why we're here tonight. The gift of grace. I'm not here because I earned this. You're not here because you earned this. We're here because of the grace of God. Romans chapter 5. For those of you that have your, your Bible or your Bible app, Go to Romans 5, verses 19 through 21. This is a great place to have highlighted, underlined in your Bible. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, Grace did much more abound. That is my answer for every sinner in the city. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You don't know what I've done. You must not know what he's done. Because where sin <laughs> abounded, I'm not saying that you haven't had some terrible gifts that you have packaged with your own life, but I'm telling you there is a gift that our city needs to know about. It is the grace of God that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Regardless of what the world has ever given you. We know that the Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through who? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we have an answer in this season, and I'm telling you, it is a big box gift. And it makes hell so mad when you look at that gift of grace and you're able to tell hell, that's a gift for me. For anyone that thinks that, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't just begin to teach about easy believism or I think one thing we might not do is spend enough time just talking about the grace of God. There is no truth without grace. There is no truth without grace. It is the grace of God. The following scriptures show the greatness of his gifts to us. His gifts to us. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Everyone say the gift. That's what it is. It's the gift for us. John 3 and 16, most of us could quote this together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And can I, I want to say something tonight to us as Pentecostals. Just because we know that, that that Scripture has been misutilized by some is not a reason for us to hear that Scripture and not get ecstatic about its reality. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son... Ladies and gentlemen, it is the gift of grace that God manifests Himself in the flesh. and Greater than any gift that can be found under any tree was the gift that was going to climb a tree. His Word declares that if a person will repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, they will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. This is gift season. So let's talk about this. All of this. Isaiah, the prophecy, was the gift of grace. John 3, the manifestation, was the gift of grace, the Lamb of God. Acts 2 and 38 was grace on display through the preacher named Simon Peter and it was grace on display to the people that were in the crowd. It was grace on display and it was a gift. Thank God. Imagine this. Giving somebody a great gift. Not Not a Not a mediocre gift, not a good gift, a great gift, and them doing this, all right, is that it? Like, this is a great gift. You ever had someone give you a gift and they have to oversell it the whole time? If they have to oversell it, it's not that great. You give somebody a great gift. Listen, I wish all the young people were in here, but young adults, you listen too. I think you got this down. Someone gives you a great gift. What do you do? I heard it. I heard it. Like seven people in the whole room know what we're supposed to say? What do you say if someone gives you a great gift? Thank you. Oh, that's what you were looking for. Yeah, thank you. An attitude of thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, November's over. Does our spirit of thanksgiving? We don't get thanksgiving because of a turkey. We get thanksgiving because he's given us grace. Grace. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. How about the, how about the woman at the well in John chapter 4? If you want to go there in your, in your text, John 4. Let's look at 9 and 10. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it was that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. He said it's a gift that crosses cultures. It's bigger than race and ethnicity and, listen, grace is on both sides of the tracks. Grace is in every corner, in every area, in every home. It's in the, grace reaches into the most luxurious of homes, but it also reaches into the most windswept. Grace. And you don't have less grace because of the shoes you wear. You don't have less grace because of your last name. You don't have less grace based on where you work or where you go to school. You have all the same amount of grace as the person next to you, not based on your name, but based on His. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is that gift And He provides that grace for us. Woman, if you would have known. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace through faith. Now grace, grace is not something you can say, well, I really don't believe. You've got to work through with faith. How many know you've got to accept it? Not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I mentioned it earlier, I want to go back to it. For the wages of sin is death. Think about that. The payment, your payment for sin is death. But you can't earn this, the gift of God. You don't have to buy what he already did. Well, if I, if I have enough good works, I know that faith without works is dead, but you cannot work so good that he's like, you know what, they've earned grace. You see how many years they went to school? Now, he might give you grace through school, but he doesn't give you grace because of school. He gives you grace because that's who he is. He loves you. I'd like to point out, Something else from Scripture, it it causes, causes us here to have great joy, and it should in this grace factor, that if we read the Bible from cover to cover, we watch God. You can watch God pursuing a fallen mankind. The very first book of the Bible, after God creates Adam and Eve, we read how they fell into sin. How many know they're not the only ones? They got us started on this. And it's nice to point blame. Thanks a lot. But we're doing a pretty good job of it on our own by now. (laughs) Before their sin, God came down in the cool of the day to have fellowship with Adam and Eve according to the scripture that daily process should have have been over because sin separates us from God. But we read and we see God pursuing Adam after Adam and Eve, even the very next day, even in spite of sin. Adam, where are you? Thank God for His grace. For His grace that even after we fell, isn't it amazing that you can sin, walk in the building and then say, wait a minute, why do I feel the presence of God again? He's looking, Adam, where are you? Eve, come on. I know you messed up, but my grace where sin Amen. abounded. And then we've got we've to follow the steps through faith and we've got to repent and we've got to allow the covering. But, but your sin does not delineate the goodness or the greatness of his grace. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, even just talking about the grace of God. We all start out the same way as far as God's concerned. I'm I'm just, doesn't matter. We all start the same way. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I didn't know you were a sinner. (laughs) I'm just trying to get some fights for the car started. We've all come short of the glory of God. Anybody who thinks they daily tiptoe through the glory, be weary of them. (laughs) I'm gonna, okay, here we go. This internet fad right now of some of these goofy, quote unquote, preachers. They walk up by people. Get close to them and they fall over. It's nonsense. Oh, oh, pastor, be careful. I don't have to be careful. It's nonsense. He's not going to share his glory with anybody. Now, do I think that people may be sincerely touched? Do I think, have I ever seen anybody that we would have said slain in the spirit, touched by God? Yeah, because of God, not the... Not the person. We don't elevate people to a level of kingship and authority. We've got to honor ministry. I want to, want to deal with this for a second. I can't, and you can't. We are never going to become some demigod. We're people. We are his mercy and his grace on display. Period. If we ever get to a place where we want worship, We're in a dangerous place. Hmm. It's not about our gifts. It's about His gift. His gift. And because we recognize that gift, I believe that there are gifts of the Spirit that can be on display in the church and through the church, through members of the body that are working. But I don't think, listen, the gifts of the Spirit work and activate through the church as a whole. We understand that, right? They work through the body for the edifying of the body. This is how this works. The gifts of the Spirit, the way we work through this, through this grace that's affected everyone, the gifts of the Spirit get on display and they work through the body, not so that we have to sit back and wait on Mr. Gifted. When he shows up, no, when he shows up. When God shows up. We who were born in sin and shapen in iniquity, we who were on our way to help, but he found us and and his grace, he turned us around and we honor and we acknowledge and we praise him. We, we, We all sin and come short of the glory of God, but he's changed us and he's turned us. First John 1 and 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Truth's not in us. So here we have this gap because we're sinners, sin separates us from God. But we've read already tonight and we read in the scriptures together that while sin might separate us, God, while sin would make us be separated from Him, the scriptures are precise. And exact on the subject that it brings separation. It is his desire that we turn from sin. Mercy and grace. In the scriptures, we see it over and over again. God pursuing fallen mankind. How many know it wasn't just Adam and Eve? It wasn't just Adam and Eve. Abraham? Jacob? Rahab? I mean, Rahab made it in a Hebrews, David, David didn't. Oh, yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. Simon Peter, Saul, Paul. The list would go on and on and on. Why? Because grace reaches. Grace reaches. It's a gift that reaches. Go, go in your Bible to Titus. I've felt some of you in the room Titus oh.. Um. This is where a Bible apps, real handy. I feel it. I feel it from some of you in the room. Titus, We don't go to It's not very big. Titus. Chapter two, verses 11 through 14. If you're not there just open your bible and don't let your neighbor look and look at the screen says <laughs> <Sis. laughs> Just put your thumbs up here where the where the books are. Just put your... <laughs> oh, pastor, that's not nice. Okay. <laughs> but the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works, zealous of good works. Even in the world, what do we do? By the grace of God, we look to Christ. We look to Christ. You know what? Let's pause and pray right here. God, help us to look to you. Oh, somebody pray that right here in this moment. help us to look to you the grace of god that brings salvation it says it's appeared to all men what 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 is grace the unmerited favor of god in case you're thinking what does that mean you 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 can't earn this This is not earnable. This is the unmerited favor of grace. It looks and feels like the strength of God that comes to us in our time of weakness. More precisely, grace is both the desire and the power to do the will of God. That should be our prayer, everyone. Let me in your grace, through your grace, God, let me fulfill your will. And I'm going to tell us, each and every one, I'm going to talk to myself as you listen. You cannot fulfill the will of God without the grace of God. If you ever get to a place, even one ounce of your being, that thinks, well, I can do this on my own, then you're out of grace and in you. He chooses and He uses people. Yes, He does. But we've got to have His grace. Philippians 2 And 13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His good pleasure. Grace is not, and I know you know this, but let me say it. Grace is not some excuse to live life without boundaries or the avoidance of sin. Grace is not saying, I'll live however I want. That's what His grace is for. No, grace is in spite of your humanity. It tracks you down. It pursues you and it gives you the desire and the power to accomplish the will of God. Everything we need, ladies and gentlemen, everything we need, whether it's 2023 or not, whether it's December or not, whether there's... A Craziness and chaos in the world are not everything we need can be found in Jesus Christ and in His grace. I believe that it's His grace that sets the captive free, it heals brokenhearted, it sets at liberty them that are bruised. His grace brings healing, His grace brings salvation, His grace brings deliverance. Say, I'm in a dark place tonight. Good news. There is a big box gift of grace. And His grace, His grace is able. How many know the famous song says, "'Tis grace that brought me safe this far, and grace will bring me home.'" How many, how many just with me, I'm feeling almost overwhelmed a little bit right now here tonight. How many know it's His grace that brought you this far? It's His grace, and when we say His grace will bring me home, we're, we're looking to a home beyond just here. But I I would tell you when I said those words, even though I've read these many times, even in preparation for this here tonight, and I've sang the song many times. I felt it when I said it out loud, this grace of leading home. I know that some of you, while I've taught this lesson on grace tonight, you've been praying that the grace would reach to your children. I want you to hear me tonight. Please hear me tonight. Whether you've heard it a thousand times before, you hear it one more time. His grace can lead them home. Yes. Yes, it can. There's nothing like the grace of God. Would you go in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and he said unto me, verses 9 and 10, my grace... Is what? Sufficient. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What was the the launching pad of this? My grace is sufficient for thee whoever i feel so moved to say this again and again for tonight please hear me whether it's a college student that's returning home whether it's a middle-aged family that's trying to work through a difficult season whether it's a widow or a widower in this house i'm not sure exactly but i feel so compelled to say it again he wants you to know his grace is sufficient for thee His strength is made perfect in weakness. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. With this confidence, what should we do? Let us therefore come boldly, boldly under the throne of grace. Let me talk to you. We talk often this way about the Holy Ghost, but I want to talk this way about grace. We talk about the gift of the Holy Ghost, but we're unpackaging this grace as a gift tonight. No one wants to get to Christmas morning and you've put all this time and energy and effort and you've got this great big box wrapped up for your kid and your kid looks at it and, and, and you've got to convince them for the next two hours that it really is their gift. No, it's not mine. I know it's not mine. You're playing a trick on me. You know, spiritually, that's called condemnation. That there's a gift that's for you, but you feel condemned in and of yourself or the enemy of your soul has got you to a place where you can't tear into that and accept it as your own. But we are to come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Somebody say boldly. Romans chapter 5. We've read through it. I want to get there again in closing. For as one by one man's disobedience. I'm not sure what gift or lack thereof. I know in this scripture we're reading about Adam and we're talking about what happened as the repercussions. And I don't know what your family story looks like and what the repercussions of one man's or one woman's sins have done. But I would remind us here tonight that by one man's disobedience were many made sinners, but by one man's obedience... The obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded. Pastor, you've said this three or four times here tonight. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. When you wake up tomorrow morning, grace will be there. Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, that ought to give us something to celebrate this season, that we know it is the grace of God. In my opening, I told that funny little truth about me as a kid, teasing my brother and my sister. We ought to look at hell and tell them, this is my gift. Quit telling me that this is not my this Grace is for Me, yeah, but I know what you've done. He does too, but. That's why it is grace. It's not grace because I deserve it. It's grace because I don't. Grace gives you the freedom to live above sin. Regardless of where I've gone, God's grace can find me. Regardless of who I was, God's grace can change me. Regardless of what I've done, God's grace is for me. Stand with me tonight. When we were kids, our gifts were all about what they made us into. I'd put those shoes on. I could run faster. I could jump higher. I couldn't, but I could, you know. I've never had much of a vertical. (laughs) Remember when they gave me that new skateboard? I was a professional. I wasn't. Never forget when they gave me that that browning bow, I was a hunter. Mm-hmm. Never forget when they gave me that huffy. Whew. It was white with that paint splattered on it. Whew. That bike turned me into a ramp jumper. Daredevil. The gift made me feel different about me. The gift of grace ought to make us feel different. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in our conclusion. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye... Come on, we've been talking about the gift all night He's given us, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you're thankful for His grace, would you just take a moment, lift hands, lift voices with me. Let's praise God for His grace tonight. Come on, the gift of grace. Ah. Come on, it don't matter what grace you buy. This season, there's not going to be a better gift. Oh, thank you for your grace. 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 Oh, thank you for your grace. Somebody that knows you wouldn't be here tonight, thank Him for His grace. Ooh, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Now we've just come out of our series on the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about gentleness. We've talked about peace. Right? Right? talked about love. We've walked through these attributes and that tonight we're talking about the grace of God. So here's my request. In the busyness and the chaos of this season, go home and make sure grace is on display in your house. As he's given, try to give. As he loves, try to love. Let the grace of God, let the grace of God be in our homes this season.